Now, I just want to take time to say, a, uh, I hope you are taking care of yourself. I hope you are doing well. I hope you are social distancing. I hope you are washing your hands a lot. And I hope you are uh, taking care of yourself in the midst of this coronavirus uh, to be safe out there, to be smart. And guys, I hope that, you know, my episodes are encouraging. And I'm also trying to do some entertaining episodes. So uh, tune in for Fridays, and I'm trying to do some entertaining episodes on Fridays. I've done two so far. One of them was a podcast I did with Matt about movies, and the other one was a uh, office and quarantine episode. So make sure to check those out. All right, thanks, guys. Today's episode is with my friend Ben Cobb. We used to work together at Raleigh Rescue Mission. Ben went to uh, Duke. He studied global health and wants to be a missionary in the future with his wife. Um, We talk about uh, working together. We talk about theology. We talk about growing up and how we were both raised in the Church of Christ and uh, the good things that we gain from that. We talk about the influence of our family and our parents. Uh, Both of us have been married for less than three years each, so we um, make reference to that as well. And uh, Ben actually has his own podcast. It's a sports podcast called Going for Two, and you can check out his podcast on um, Anchor and Spotify. He does it with uh, one of his friends, and we talk about that for a little bit. So this is a really great um, episode to listen to. My friend Ben and I have a conversation about mental health, about faith, about influences, and we also have, uh, I did for the first time, kind of a speed round of questions, and I'm very new at that. Uh, I've never done that before, really. So uh, we have some fun together and do a speed round at the end. So, uh, guys, I hope you really enjoy this episode with my friend Ben Cobb. We live in a divided world, divided religiously, politically, and economically. Oftentimes in our world, we want to run away from tough conversations that divide us about grief, pain, and loss. We want to avoid topics like shame, guilt, and pride. We'd rather escape to our phones instead of engaging in real conversations. I know this because I do this. So I created the Winter Faith Podcast. The Winter Faith Podcast is focused on creating conversations to promote spiritual and emotional growth through faith, apathy, and everything in between. So let's talk to each other. Yet more importantly, let's listen to each other. Let's continue the conversation. My name is Andy, and I have Winter Faith. All right, welcome to my show today. Um, This is um, episode 87, I believe, and I'm joined by my friend, 
um, Ben Cobb, who I worked with at Raleigh Rescue Mission for a period of time. And actually, Ben, I was just thinking about this. Um, I already have him on the line here. So I went to get my old job back. So I was at Raleigh okay. Rescue Mission. I, right. I left, I came back and they're like, I'm sorry, but your position is filled. And I, and your gut feeling is like, who took my spot? And they're like, it's, uh, his name's Ben. He's a really good guy. We think you'd like him. So my, but my gut feeling off the bat is like, Oh no. Right. All right. He took my job. And then like literally 10 minutes later, I got a call saying, no, you can come back. Your job's still here. <laughs> and then we end up being on the same shift. Yep. Yeah. Really, you know, have mm -hmm. a really, I mean, if we sat down and think about it, I'm sure we have a lot of stories just from oh, wor working together. Yeah. But, um, but so both of us worked at the same spot and not only did we have that in common, but we also went to um, church of Christ affiliated schools. Uh, I, I went to Harding, you went to Abilene Christian in Abilene, Texas. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, we had that in common and then growing up in the church of Christ and ironically, um, now even at Raleigh Rescue Mission again, I have another um, Church of Christ staff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what do you think, you know, just think about the Church of Christ. What, what do you think that influenced you or how that influenced your faith just growing up in, in Churches of Christ? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really interesting question because from what I'm seeing, like the Church of Christ, and I'm not like a obviously like I don't have a degree in you know religion or anything like that but I've just kind of from my own experience and then kind of still observing the churches of Christ at least around North Carolina and then the churches of Christ that we've been affiliated and attended in the past it it seems like they're kind of going through an interesting transition period right now um but as far as like my experience goes I think I, I took a lot of really good things out of my upbringing in the church of Christ so yeah. probably the most important to me was just that kind of reliance on scripture mm -hmm. um, and that like really staunch um, direction towards obeying what scripture has to say. Um, and sometimes I think church of Christ can kind of um, almost read a little too far into that and without considering the context that is being provided. Um, but I also think that intent is really, really good. And so the way that I was explained growing up what a church of Christ was and like how it is different sometimes than others is that um, it, it strictly adheres to the word to scripture. Not to say that other churches don't adhere to right. the word scripture, but kind of that interpretation may look a little different between denominations. Um, so I think that was something that I really took like to heart, but I also kind of had to interpret that and run with that a little bit differently as I grew up and like, got into college and then put my post-college years and my post-grad school years because I started, you know, I kind of have this mind frame that like whatever the Bible says, like verbatim, we have to interpret that as verbatim. And where I see like the intent behind that, I also think that can be prone to be like decontextualized, right? Like if you're looking at a verse outside of the context, outside of the audience, outside of the author, outside of the, the situation and the year and the ongoings of what's happening, um, then that, that verse can, take, get, can get taken out of hand. Um, have you read the book, uh, Blue Parakeet? Yeah, I have. That's okay, one of yeah. my favorites. Yeah. So that book really harped on like 
understanding the context behind the the scripture and behind yeah. the verses in the book. And, and I thought that was one, not only good for like interpreting the meaning behind it, but also if you don't look at the context behind it, then you kind of lose some of the, the power of that verse. You know, if you're, if you're just like looking at just the verse in and of itself, but not, you know, the surrounding circumstances behind it, you may not realize like, wow, why was this such a powerful thing to say or such a powerful thing to write in, in that author's day and time. Um, so I think like growing up in the church of Christ, to circle back to your question, it was great because it, it really developed my devotion to scripture into the word. Um, but then I also kind of had to uh, reanalyze that a little bit and, and view scripture uh, in a kind of a different system than I did growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you went, um, when you were at Abilene, what did you, what was your undergrad? Uh, biology. Biology. And yeah. then, so you, um, you're at ACU and then you moved to North Carolina after that, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. So you went to Duke at that point. And then yeah. what, what were you studying at Duke? So I got my master's of science in global health. Global health. So what does, what does that mean? <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> you know? that's a really good question. Yeah. So you take, yeah. Kind well, of that's what, there. like, it's funny because, so I'll answer your question first before I dive into it, but so global health is, it's a lot like public health, like the curriculum, you know, what we end up doing is just a little bit more of a global setting. So um, my grad curriculum was a lot of like the same stuff that public health um, MPH is, Master of Public Health take. So epidemiology, biostatistics, um, stuff like that, survey classes of diseases within the area they were studying. Um, but it was also like had that kind of cultural competency aspect to it. Uh, it was heavily focused both in research and in um, low and middle income countries. Um, so okay. looking at like the problems there. So whereas if you took an MPH here route, then you may focus things more like what's happening in America, like cancer and diabetes. Um, but global health focused on diseases that were more like uh, HIV, AIDS, malaria, tuberculosis, things like that. Um, so what did you want to do with, like, when you pursue that? What, what was kind of your goal? So the goal was, and the goal it still is, is um, right. to be a missionary uh, and to be a missionary abroad with my wife. Um, so we want to do okay. like global health work uh, within a missionary capacity. So we will, the, okay. the goal is to move abroad, uh, and go, um, somewhere wherever God calls us sure. and, um, use our skills. So my wife is a nurse, uh, and mm-hmm. so use my skill set in, um, global health to, you know, to provide for people and to help them with, uh, what's going on in their lives as far as health wise, but then also to use that as like a, uh, evangelical tool, tell, telling people about the gospel and building up the faith that is already there. One of the things I remember um, working with you is, you know, we did, you know, we do devotionals every day at work. We teach Bible class at work mm-hmm. and you, um, you came in one week or something. I don't know. We were talking and you're like, yeah, I just went in and did a devotional on immigration with the guys. <laughs> oh yeah. And just, I th- did you have them like look up, I think you were encouraging people to look up scripture, see what scripture says, and then talk about it. Yeah. You know. I just remember thinking like, man, that's so awesome. But I'm kind of like scared to do that. Like, I, I mean, what's going to happen? So I really love that about you, though. 
like I thought that was a cool a really cool lesson of like how many contexts do you just I mean I feel like the work that we had at Raleigh Risk or still have there is like you really have a lot of open conversations about a lot of stuff and everything is so open mm-hmm. I really like that yeah def- yeah that one was that was pr- honestly one of the best devotions that that I had the entire time there wow. and that was one like no sometimes kidding. you struggle to make it you know 15 20 minutes or so this ran this ran like a good 30 minutes and yeah yeah everyone was like had a point to it and really like I went in there and didn't have much of like a agenda I just was like right. all right guys because it was sure. it was when you know recent um uh, legislation was passed regarding immigration oh, um, okay okay from federal perspective and so it had been in the news a lot and so I and I knew that you know, as a Christian, we are kind of, some of us were kind of on different sides of, um, you know, the, the, um, deciding factor when it comes to our stance on immigration. So I wanted to just say, Hey, we need to talk about this. Um, as Christians, let's, let's go in here and let's discuss this topic. And I basically with more words than this, but basically it was like, so immigration, what do you guys think? (laughs) And it just like dove into such, I, I, if I remember correctly, I like barely talked, um, during that yeah. time, I was more of like a moderator, like, okay, what do you want to say? Okay, what do you want to right, say? Because right. everybody just had such good perspective. Um, and I think like, that is what I enjoy about like, podcasts like these, that they mm-hmm. just they, it's a dialogue, it's an open dialogue. And it's a safe space to talk about the more difficult topics sometimes. Yeah. Um, because I think when we're inspired, to, like, we want to have that dialogue about difficult topics with people but we don't know where to have that or how to have it. Or if like the second we bring it up with someone who we know doesn't agree with us, they're just going to start like, you know, yelling at us, calling mm-hmm. us names, saying like, yep. you're stupid for believing that. Yep. And that's not a safe space. So like the more places like, like this podcast that we have, um, the more we can, you know, say, Hey, this is a, a really tough topic, but, and I know, you don't agree with me or someone else doesn't agree with me or whatever it is. So let's talk about why we have differing beliefs. And until like we get to that point as a society, we're not going to make a whole lot of progress uh, when it comes to the, the um, more decisive issues. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right, man. There's several places we could go from, from everything you said. Um, so I guess just with like current events and the fact that you studied um, you know, what you studied in school along with, I know your interest in, um, you know, with faith and becoming a missionary, when you look at the current state of like our country and the world with, um, the coronavirus being what it is at this moment, which is today's April 7th. I don't know when I'll get around to actually releasing this, but sometime in the next month or so, like what, what's your takeaway? Like, I'm really curious to yeah. just hear your thoughts, like from really any perspective, but I guess the perspective, like professionally from just what, what you've studied and, and learned. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll kind of add the typical disclaimer that, you know, I'm not an ep- trained epi- epidemiologist. I'm not a virologist or anything, but um, obviously I do have a master's in global health. And so I've been like, this has been very fascinating to me. I've been tracking right, it, since, right. uh, you know, since it's uh, beginning in Asia. Uh, and I remember like seeing, like following it and, you know, telling my wife, oh, there is a case in Washington. Oh, there's a case in North Carolina. And then it's, you know, just um, 
come here. And I mean, just to, when, when did you start following it? Yeah, I think I started following it um, at least like was aware that it was happening, learned about it when it was still in um, Wuhan. So, so it was is pretty early on. December? Is that? Uh, probably about there, late December, early January or okay. so. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was in a, you know, I, I kind of saw it start to, to trickle up um, and, and spread all over the world. Um, yeah. And it's kind of funny because like back then I was really, um, or probably about the past, like since then, and maybe up until about two or three weeks ago, I was like super interested in it, like reading all the updates on it. And because yeah. it was, you know, it would, it would, uh, come to a new country or there would be a new lockdown that was happening or a new sweeping legislation would be passed because of it. But now everything has happened. Like it's in like so many countries, the people in the countries and the States that are going to put themselves on lockdown for the most part have, have probably done it. And so now it's just like, all right, everything's happened. So let's just, we just have to write it out um, and, and follow the guidelines that were, you know, put in um, by the government. Mm-hmm. But so like that has kind of lessened my interest in it actually. Yeah. Um, but I'm still following it to see like, is it going to, um, are we actually going to flatten the curve or not? Um, yeah. which I, you know, I, I hope we do. Um, definitely stay home, wash your hands, all that good stuff. Um, right. listen to, to people that actually are epidemiologists and virologists and doctors. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a good time to, to focus on yourself. You know, I know you, you and I had kind of talked about like how, you know, how we are keeping good mental health, like throughout this time period. Right. And Try, trying to, trying to, yeah. Home, and it's, homeschooling, it's man. Homeschooling oh is, is, uh, you know, it's got this whole experience is totally different depending on yeah. your life stage. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> to no, have, I'm sure to have, a a 10 month old and a six year old. Yeah. Uh, there's you've, a lot you've of, there's some, to work, right? Um, yeah, work is not, so we are both essentially just home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've kind of using up some time right now. Yeah. So I'm not going to work very much right now. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then my wife is a teacher, but yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, doing homeschooling, you know, a lot of Netflix, yeah, there is. Um, yeah. But we did create a name for our school, and we had a schedule. And oh, really? I, feel, I think that's all you really need. That's. Are you the president, <laughs> or, or I mean, the principal? Are uh, you no, the, definitely oh, not. No, gotcha. I'm like the janitor. Like <laughs> okay, my gotcha. wife. My wife is in charge. Gotcha. So, so she's, she's everything: principal, teacher, vice principal. She's a. I mean, she's a master level teacher. So yeah, yeah, right. Or, so right. how? So how? Um, so you're working from home. How is your wife doing with? with uh being a nurse she's doing okay she's doing good um yeah you know her floor um fortunately hasn't been too affected by all this um she doesn't she doesn't work on a floor where they would you know really see a whole lot of uh corona patients um which is which is really really good um so you know they've they've put in their hospital has put in some extra health precautions um but you know she has fortunately not been impacted by this, um, you know, so not impacted by this as much, like from a professional basis as okay. someone like who, you know, works in like ICU or something like that, that would yeah. see these patients every day or like in New York where it's really bad. Um, but she, she's doing good. Um, we're both, you know, healthy and, and safe and, and happy. Um, 
I'm trying to not to go too stir crazy in this house. No, no um, I get, yeah. I mean, so you, you did mention mental health. Um, I think me and you have talked before about just anxiety, um, and how to deal with it in healthy ways, whether from, you know, working together or just personally or in our marriage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are, what are good things? What are good practices that have, that help you? Like, well, maybe I'll ask it this way. Like, do you have a lot of anxiety? Like your wife being a nurse at this time? Like, I don't know. If, I don't think I would handle that very well. I don't know. No, I mean, not really. Um, okay. Okay. Because, because she is not, um, usually in contact, um, if ever with, uh, coronavirus patients. So I don't have like that, that fear. Um, okay. And I think she, I don't think she has a whole lot of anxiety about, mm-hmm. you know, about that in particular. Um, and if she does, she, you know, definitely doesn't, um, uh, you know, exude anxiety or anything like that. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not having a whole lot of anxiety when it comes to, um, you know, her working as a nurse. Yeah. Uh, anxiety more so comes from just being, you know, at home for so many hours and, and having to, right. to deal with that. Yeah, it is. What, uh, yeah. What have you been doing? I mean, I know we're both kind of on a lot of, we talked about this. We're both kind of doing what we're doing right now a lot. Yeah. On a, you know, my wife's doing the same thing. Millions of people are doing the same thing. Like just Mm -hmm. talking to somebody through a screen. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So outside of work stuff, what are you doing to stay busy? Yeah. You know, like, I think that's like, it's super important right now. I think like for me to, to try to, stay busy and I'm trying to use this uh like situation as a like self-improvement situation and I think I think that that's been really good for my mental health like I've been you know trying to eat better and trying to exercise more um you know just do stuff around the house stuff like that um that maybe if I was like going to work uh like physically going to work physically meeting with people going from meeting to meeting all this stuff that maybe when I come home, I didn't have like the energy to do like some of the stuff right. now. Cause I have a little bit more energy because, you know, working from home kind of gives you that, um, taking advantage of the energy and trying to like do some more self-improvement in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think like you, it's, it is very easy to fall into the trap of like, all right, you stop working and then you just immediately, turn on Netflix for the next, you know, six or seven hours. Like, especially like me, if you don't have kids or anything. Um, And so like that, man, I think you would be in a really bad space mentally. If you (laughs) all you did was work Netflix and it was in the same exact room for like (laughs) the entire daylight. So, you know, and trying to like get outside and like a, um, you know, safe way and stuff like that. And, and just take it cause you're not outside, you know, you're stuck inside the whole day. So trying to get outside and, um, you know, in a safe manner has been really helpful for me as well. That's good. That's good. So, um, you know, we're kind of in a challenging time for a lot of people now, especially people on the front, you know, front lines working with patients. Um, what, you know, what kind of things have, I call them winter faith experiences, but just things in our life that God has used to to create spiritual growth, you know, challenging us, testing us. Um, what are those that, what, you know, what experiences have you had that have really shaped your, your faith, you know? Yeah. 
man, there's, there's a lot of experiences sometimes there, I think. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that, you know, and I think you and I have, I'm sure we've talked about this a lot of, of like apologetics and stuff like that. And, you know, and you gave me the book of the, the old Testament, the light read on the old Testament, which I still have. It's in the other room and I'm about halfway done. So we'll see if I ever get that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's a beast, but it's a great book. So like uh, the acad- like academic, que- like kind of yeah. academic questions have are a big thing. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's kind of a weird, you know, I think you and I had similar upbringings, like you had mentioned, like growing up in the church, you know, my parent, I was born into the church that we attended Mm -hmm. for, you know, 15 years or so. Uh, And then um, we left and went to a different church, but they were both Church of Christ. And then I went to um, ACU and and had the, um, almost the, the Christian bubble. And then, uh, around, you know, 22 or so when I graduated, I went into grad school and that was kind of my first, not my first taste of like real world. Cause you know, I went to public school and stuff like that, but sure. it, it does kind of immerse you a little bit more into a non-Christian circle. Um, yeah. and I think probably about, um, like most college kids, um, when I was in college, I had that, you know, kind of a question of like, you know, what do I believe? Mm-hmm. Um, why do I believe what I believe? Uh, and I think it's not that I didn't have those questions before, but when I was growing up, when I would ask those questions, they would be answered by kind of feelings. Like I would be like, okay, well, why do I believe what I believe? Oh, I had this one kind of, uh, cathartic experience when I was worshiping and I felt the Holy spirit on me. And therefore, because I feel the Holy, I felt the Holy spirit on me. I, you know, know it's real and therefore God's real. Like, you know, that kind of, um, logical reasoning, but that, that was kind of a hard pathway, logic pathway for me to swallow when I, you know, got into college. Cause I was like, well, maybe it's just like, you know, biology in my head, biochemistry going on and stuff like that. Um, and so when I was in college, uh, I really, I had like a dry period, like a, definitely a winter faith period of, you know, what do I believe? Um, and, and I, I kind of let that period ride out longer than uh, looking back on it, I would have liked, you know, that period mm-hmm. went for about a semester in college. Um, and I think when I came out of that period, um, there was like more investigating that I had to do. And so I've, I've basically kind of gone on this, um, this, this pattern of, um, of really, really, you know, belief, 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 and continued belief, um, you know, up until today, um, and, and including today, I didn't stop believing today. <laughs> um, but also that, that pattern of like wanting to know more why, you know, more reasons why, you know, to, to believe in this. And, and I think that's kind of a catch 22 because at a certain point you do have to just have that faith and just, you know, accept it. But there's also that, um, a a lot of room for, uh, you know, doing your own like apologetic research and understanding, uh, the, uh, the historicity of the old and the new Testament and Mm -hmm. the, um, the truth behind, uh, the gospels and the eyewitness accounts. Um, and you know, just things like that. So I got, I'm really into that because, um, while that is not the reason why I believe like, that's not the, I still have to have that, that kind of jumping faith, like that gap that you 
you jump from, from, uh, from, you know, this, this side of faith to that side of faith, but that really supports like my faith, like all the, the apologetics research and things like that, that I've done because just about, I, I feel like just about any question that anyone could have about like, why is this true? I have had that question <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I have come on the other side after researching that question, a much stronger Christian, you know, and having to wrestle right. with that. And I think yeah. wrestling with that is really valuable. Yeah. Where do you think you learned to like investigate and wrestle with questions? I think it really comes from a background of, of science um, for the most hmm. part. Yeah. Um, I was heavily into like scientific research in high school and um, also throughout college. And I quickly learned that not, you know, not everything is at, you know, as is, especially in the science world, you know, I mean, think about even today, I'm sure we've both seen articles that have a scientific claim or like a nutrition claim or something out there, a claim about a drug that actually isn't true. And so it's like, when you look at that, you got to say like, whoa, like, hold on, like, not everything that is out there and, you know, seems to be verified, quote unquote, is actually true. And so like that skepticalness that I've, I kind of have, and, and that's really kind of my personality and my approach to life. I'm the kind of guy that is like the Debbie Downer almost that like, if somebody tells like a really far out, out of this world story, which happened a lot at the mission, um, I would be like, I would, I would first think like, Hmm, I wonder how many parts <laughs> of that story are actually true. Oh man, that's yeah. And so like that side yeah. of me, you know, that side of me permeates my faith. And yeah. and so it asks like when I'm reading scripture and stuff like that, I kind of come at it with the questioning mentality. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's, Mm-mm. you know, helps me to see it as like a, wow, like that's interesting or that seems to conflict or that's not what I learned or something like that. Um, and then, or maybe like, oh, that's not how we practice this verse today. And why is that? And then doing my own research and what it's shown me is that one, I, I feel like I don't have a blind faith. I just like, if people ask me why I believe, I feel like I could give them a good response. And two, I feel like uh, sometimes non-Christians feel like Christians do have a blind faith. Like mm-hmm. that's what they're taught and therefore boom. Um, but I think the reality of the situation, at least for some of us, is that it's like, well, actually, you know, we have put in a lot of time and effort and anxiety and uh, restlessness about researching, um, you know, the, the reasons for faith and the reasons to believe what we've been taught mm-hmm. and have come on the other side of that stronger and still holding that belief, you know. And so that's, that's kind of what I've, what I've wrestled with and, and where I've ended up. But it is kind of a... Um, something that I keep coming back to, to strengthen my faith. I love that. That's really good, Ben. Yeah. And to me, I mean, I'd say this, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The op- The opposite of faith is apathy, you yeah. know, like doubting something and researching something like your experience. It usually, I feel like almost always mm-hmm. increases your faith. Um, whereas if you become apathetic, that's when I'm more worried about yeah, people. Right. And I'm not worried. My, not, I mean, I guess that's the right word. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I feel like, I mean, science and biology, it's like the human body can overcome incredible things. 
I mean, I, I didn't mention that. Like I worked at a hospital for multiple years and I saw a lot of stuff just being a chaplain that I was like, whoa, what? Yeah, You're going to do yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you right, know? Right. And, and then I think about faith and, and humanity. We're very resilient, you know? Um, there's a lot of things that I've learned a lot because I've had doubt and researched it and, and lived mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, that's really good. Well, I wanted to, um, as we wrap up, I wanted to change gears a little bit. So I'm going to, I've never done this before on the podcast, but All right. we're, you know, we're going to do kind of like the guinea pig. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, a speed round of questions yeah. that, um, you know, I've mentioned a few of them to you, but, I'll try to come up with some. We're going to do some easy ones that my family, half of my family is very concerned about these questions. So okay. what is okay, your gotcha. favorite, um, your favorite animal? Coyote. Okay. Oh, okay. We, I think we have some of those in our neighborhood. How long have you been married? Two and a half years. Your best in-person sports experience. <sighs> Going to see um, Duke play at Cameron Indoor. Any specific game? Or- um, Probably when they played Florida State, in, and it must have been 2018, I think it was. Yeah, the, so we, I went to three games while I was there. They played Florida State, Notre Dame, and um, I can't remember the other team, or Pitt, I think, Pittsburgh. So I think Florida okay. State, because Florida State was the best team out of those three. So those tickets are, like, really difficult to come by, because that yeah. stadium holds how many people, like – uh, not like, I don't, I think like 9,000 or something yeah, like that. It's small. Super Pretty tiny. Small. Yeah. Very small. So that, that's cool. You got to go. I would like to at least go to one game there. What's the last show you and your wife watched on Netflix? Uh, we bought some Parks and Rec. Uh, okay. we just, we, we binged Parks and Rec again. Uh, and we just finished that like about a month ago or so. So we've done Parks and Rec. Um, you know, huge office fans, of course. Yep. Um, so yeah, those are the, those are the go-tos. Like when you don't have anything else to watch, it's just like office. So did you watch, um, John Krasinski's good, some good news episode? I haven't. No, I've seen everybody sharing it. Put that on your, did you watch number one? No. Okay. You got there. They're only like 14 minutes. Okay. So watch both of what? Yeah. You guys need to watch both of those. Will do. Okay. Um, okay. If you could give yourself advice 10 years ago. What would you tell yourself? Oh, nice. See where you got this question from. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see. I would have been 16. Yeah, probably just like one, follow the Lord, like follow what he says, you know, because I you know, it was, it was very much the, a Christian teenager, you know, a Christian mm-hmm. who, you know, I, I believed in God, but I didn't always uh, act the best. But then mm-hmm. also like, um, take school seriously. Like, and not that I didn't like do okay in school, but like, you know, if my grades, I, school isn't something that I prioritized a whole lot at that age. So, you know, definitely like putting more effort into school would have been a huge plus, I think for, and really good advice for, for me. Okay. So you played football. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. How you play, when did you start playing football? Uh, When I was seven. And then when did you, when was the last time you, uh, what was your last game? Uh, my last game was um, Started when you playoff were game in, uh, when I was 18, but I did play, I walked on to ACU's team for two weeks and then I was like, 
I want to be a normal guy. Uh, and so I was like, I'm out. Of, so like, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. But I'm going to go. So be a you were student. a division one. We were D2 at that time, technically. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but you're division one now. So right. you were a division one slash two collegiate yeah. footballer. In, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, best play you ever made. What position did you play? Linebacker. What was the best play you ever made or your favorite play? The play that comes to mind, so um, we played a – so we were uh, Division Six in Virginia, and there was so a – So is that highest, lowest? What is that? That's the highest. Highest, okay. Yeah, and then so there was a Division Five team, Stonebridge, um, which uh, like John Allen, who is the um, who is the first-round pick for the Redskins a couple years ago, we played against him um, that game. So he went to Stonebridge. So – uh, there was kind of this big, like they were division five or division six. A lot of people thought that they should have like played more division six teams cause they were such a powerhouse, but we played them and we ended up beating them. I mean, I had the game ceiling interception to win the game. So to kind of give back to our offense and take a knee so that we could win. And that was my only interception. Nice. Uh, I'm not the most lengthy guy, so I didn't get a ton of interceptions, <laughs> but that, that's the one that comes to mind. That's pretty cool. Hey, you made one that counts. Well, yeah. we won't get into it. I can hear <laughs> I can hear listeners in my ear just saying uh, we don't like sports. Okay, um, <laughs> let's see. Your favorite comedian? I like Jim Gaffigan. Who like who is the biggest influence on your life? Let's say you can't use your wife because that's okay. pretty <laughs> that's was, like obviously that's a huge influence. But, right. So let's go outside of Amy. But yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Because she's the biggest influence on your life, I think. Yeah, but definitely. Go, who's the number two? Yeah. Um, my, probably Ty, my parents, I think. Okay. I think, like, yeah. it's interesting because, and I'm sure you realize this, you know, when you when your first couple of years of marriage, like, you start to see, like, what little quirks you've got from your parents. And, like, also yeah. yes. your wife starts to see that because she's kind of, like, the the uh, objective, like like, third party that can kind of, like, <laughs> interact with your parents and then interact with you and be like, Hmm, I can see it. I can see how like you came from them. Like that makes sense. So I think it's like that influence is almost, almost like a subconscious, like, you know, I don't necessarily think like, uh, Oh, they're, you know, I think that they're like huge influences in my life from like over perspective and, you know, teaching me good morals, but also like, you know, little, little quirks I have about me and the way I interpret, um, things in my life and the way I approach them and handle them and stuff like that. Like I've seen that. All right. Um, so you started a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your podcast, man. It's, it's fun podcasting. I like yeah. it. I can see why you like to have guests on. So yeah, the podcast is, um, it's called going for two. So it is a sports podcast. <laughs> so for all, you know, the one or two listeners you have that are interested <laughs> in sports, uh, it is uh, co-hosted by me and my buddy Logan Sartain. Uh, we were um, great friends in college. We both went to ACU, and so we met there and bonded over sports. And so we just basically started this podcast, um, I think it, around December maybe. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's been going on for a little bit, but you know, we have, we've done a little publicizing, you know, of posting on social media and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it is a podcast where we talk a lot about football. We talk a lot about the NFL. 
Okay. Uh, we talked some NBA, college basketball, had our first guest on the other day, who was my brother-in-law. But yeah, for, if you're interested in listening, anyone, uh, it's called Going For Two. It's on Spotify, Anchor, and hopefully we'll be on Apple soon. Um, but we just like chat about what's going on in the sports world right now, which is uh, a little hard to do. Yeah, I was going to say, you uh, picked a great time to start. I, I mean... know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, oh man, all right, well, what are we talking? It's going to be a lot of like NFL draft and NFL free agency and stuff because that's like the only well, thing going on. Well, this is fun. Thanks for taking some time to hang yeah. out with me. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. This has been a, a good talk. Um, you know, I, I feel like we covered a wide array of, of topics from yeah. apologetics to sports podcasts. That's right. Uh, ben, what is your – so it's going for two on um, Spotify and Anchor. And then mm-hmm. what is your um, – it, that's what it's called for for Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and all that. so it's and just to clarify, so it's going for to spell out so T W O, and you can follow us on Twitter at uh, it's at going for T W O underscore pod. Go see Andrew's followers and then find <laughs> me that way. There you go. <laughs> My handle's not correct, but yeah, you know, give us a you know if you're into sports, give us a like, give us a listen, give us a follow. Um, but yeah, and it's just been fun, you know, doing this podcast, yeah. like Logan's one of my best friends and just chatting with him like every week about something we love, you know, even yeah. if we get one to two listeners that week, like just chatting with him about it and catching up and stuff. It's just been a really good time. Today's artwork was done by Dominique Frazier. The intro was done by Scarlet Fox. The music you're listening to, Josh Cleveland. And the creator and editor and producer of the Winter Faith Podcast, yours truly, Andy Frazier. Well, you did it again. You spent your time listening to my show. You probably could have spent this time playing games or binging Game of Thrones on your phone. But instead, you spent it with me, so I thank you for your time. If you haven't already, downloaded and subscribed to the Winter Faith Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't already, please leave a review on iTunes with good, bad, or ugly feedback. Also, please consider supporting the show on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. However, I do accept Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, and any other way you want to contribute to the show financially. Okay, my commercials are done. Andy, out.